This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. All right, this is Chris Saxman back on the VIP podcast. That's Virginia in politics. But as we all know, VIP also stands for very important people. And we have a brand new VIP here at the VIP podcast, Delegate Ellen Campbell. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm, I'm well, thank you. It's great to have you in the studio. Well, thank you. Come you. From my, you come from my home place. We do. We, we came from the same hometown. And you're from Stanton? I'm from Augusta County. Augusta County. Whereabouts? Verona. For, oh, Fort Defiance Indians? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Go Indians. Go Indians. I didn't realize you were from Fort, from Verona. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of like the uh, the short pump of Stanton. It is. Uh, for, those, <laughs> for those of you playing at home on the board version of the VIP podcast, you're uh, you're here. You you ran a special election after the unfortunate passing of your your late husband Ronnie, whose birthday is today. Whose birthday is today? Super Sky's point. My mother's birthday is is uh, Valentine's Day, <laughs> so it's always a uh, you know. Uh, you know, those um, Bitter, sad, bittersweet. bittersweet, sad day, but also a good day to remember, yeah. you know, the, the wonderful memories. Tell us about um, Ronnie, if you can, sure. um, and your decision to, to run after, after he passed. Well, so in um, April of 2021, Ronnie was diagnosed with mesothelioma, which is not a curable cancer. Um, but, you know, we received a lot of good advice and um, the best doctors, experts, um, actually just in February of 2021, the FDA had approved a new line of treatment as a, as a first line of defense, and that was immunotherapy. And mm-hmm. so we started immunotherapy immediately, and he responded very well. And really, he had about 17 months of, you know, you can't call it remission because it's still cancer, but he sure. he really had good 17 months. and. Um, he knew that, um, you know, with his health and the things that, you know, he would be facing in the future, that he was not going to run again after this year. So this would have been his last year. Okay. Um, and we had talked a lot about, you know, what could happen in the future, what the future would look sure. like. You know, he loved being a part of this body. Um, and, it's, and we we both enjoyed really being able to do the work together, you know, to serve the constituents. Um, so it, it was something that we had talked about for the future, for next year. Certainly I had no... No idea that it would happen the way that it did, but. Well, every time I talk to you, it's cons- you know, um, when that all occurred back at the end of the last year, and coming from my, my home area, I took an interest, obviously, in, in, the, in the situation, the, the race, and knowing your previous employer is a very dear friend of mine, Butch Smiley. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I felt sort of a kinship immediately to it, having never met you until now, this morning. Um, I think you've handled it with remarkable grace. The whole time, uh, every time I've spoken with you, you seem to have this level of peace and grace about you. Thank you. Do you you sense that about yourself? Well, you know, I have a very strong faith. And, um, you know, if you had talked to me in April of 2021, I didn't have a lot of grace about the situation and sure. I certainly didn't have any peace. But, you know, when you're faced with situations like these, you know, we just put our trust and our faith in God. You know, we always had hope. You right. know, they can tell you, the doctors can tell you anything, but God has the final word. Right. And I can remember um, the night um, that I took Ronnie to the emergency room and that we got home and I got the bad news that, you know, 
he was not going to make it, according to the doctors. And mm -hmm. so um, I remember that night praying, and um, I, I felt the presence of God, and I felt him say, he will be well. Now, I knew in my heart that that didn't necessarily mean the well that I wanted. Right. But he is well. Um, I miss him every day. Um, sure. It's just been two months. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, thank you for, you know, for your services. You, I mean, you, you, you said when we first started talking, you basically really were co-delegates. Uh, yeah. You were side by side during his tenure. But talk about now your transition, because <laughs> uh, you're now Delegate Campbell, yep. literally. <laughs> literally, actually. yeah. <laughs> Delegate Campbell. And you won a special election. You come down to Richmond right after the, you know, the passing of your husband. You, and this is a maelstrom. You're right into the mix of this thing. And you've got all these bills and you've never experienced, you know, more, probably more so than, than most people have done this for the first time. But short session is really intense. Mm -hmm. And then to have all the other stuff coming in, how have you been able to strike that balance? Well, so I, I, honestly, I think, you know, coming in, had I not been here for the years that I was here with Ronnie and experienced all of this. So you know, would come down? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, even as an outsider, per se, looking in, sure. I guess I had a bit of a unique perspective in that I somewhat yeah. understood what was going on. I will tell you, watching it and doing it are two very different things. Well, let's talk about that. <laughs> what have you experienced by, because this, this is one of the reasons we do the VIP podcast is to get people to know it mm -hmm. a little bit more intimately than you otherwise would have. That's why we go you know, pretty deep in our conversations. Um, and they've been very revealing. So tell us about the difference between you know understanding it and then actually doing it. Well, I'd say the first moment of um, truly understanding and really feeling the um, the awe of what was happening was at the swearing-in ceremony. Mm. I, you know, I was, I was there for Ronnie's swearing-in ceremony, mm. and watching it was one of the greatest, you know, most rewarding experiences for both of us. I'm sure. he was participating, but watching it. Um, sure. But then to have your own swearing-in ceremony where, you know, you feel the weight truly of what you're getting ready to do to represent, you know, your constituency. I mean, it's a very um, humbling mm -hmm. and awe-inspiring moment. So I think that was the first day, you know, yeah. that, that really set the tone. And then, you know, I, I've been really struck by the um, kindness and the graciousness of everyone in the body. You know, there, people have been remarkably um, compassionate offering to you know help in any way they can and that's from both sides of the aisle i mean this you know that's good and you know so many people have come to me you know particularly those that you know were on the other side of the aisle and said you know we didn't always see eye to eye but i had such great respect for your husband and i'm, I'm really glad you're here and well, that's nice those kind of things you know really have meant a lot um and i'm sure it provides you with a sense of comfort it does that while it's really important Everyone knows and is you know, being very human in that moment to say, we're here to help you, but we're still going to vote against you. Oh, sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw that I went through the bill list, your bill list this morning. I was like, well, that didn't go so well. Yeah. You know, oh, well, you know, oops. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, you know, you look, and, and that's another thing that I learned, you know, and I've, I've always known that, you know, I've been in business, so I've been sure. working out in the, you know, the public and the private sector. So, um you can't take everything personally, you know, but, but, you know, we don't have to agree, but we don't have to be disagreeable. I've, some of the nicest folks that I've met, you know, and we don't agree on a lot of things, but right. um, they're good people. They're down here doing what they think that they need to do and what they were elected to do. Right. So you have to have a mutual respect for that. Well, I think it's remarkable that you're able to do all this, given what you've been through and understand and have this balance of 
perspective and decency about the place because people don't look at politics quite that way. You know, uh, they've got to do their own things and they run their own shops and trying to pass their own bills. But when they look up and go, oh, this is, you know, this is time to put that aside. And they put it aside very quickly. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what sometimes is what's lost in our politics is our, is our, is our humanity. Uh, I would certainly agree to that statement. And, you know, that's something that, um, you know, I'm really optimistic about that. I, I see a lot of reason to be hopeful because yeah. I see a lot of that in, in dealing with the people. And perhaps it's because of the circumstances that I came in. Sure. You know, I think it gives us all pause to say, wait, you know, some things are more important. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, there are, you know, we, we talk about this a lot. You know, there are 85% of the things that come through this body we agree on. There are 15% that we do not, and we may never. Right. Um, but if you think about it from that perspective, we, we have much more in common than we have that divides us. And that's so true because when you look at what, uh, what comes across nationally, everything is divided. Everything, and all the stuff you see in the press is about the, the, the 15%. Mm -hmm. You don't see all the bills right. that come through are unanimous. And I'll tell you one that I, that I passed, I think it was 2006, it was on uh, clean air emissions. Mm -hmm. And it was a very controversial bill. Jack Reed carried it, and I put a version in that I thought was going to pass. And then um, it did pass, and it was going to pass. And you know, um, it, it, it didn't make a lot of press because we passed it unanimously. Right, right. And I thought it was a great accomplishment. And and I I rolled it back into Jack's bill so he could get credit for it mm -hmm. because he's he's the one who won the argument. Right. My legislation just got it done. Mm -hmm. And I didn't need the credit, didn't want the credit. It's not about it. It was about, right. about, about clean air and that was the most important thing. But no one ever talked about it. Mm -hmm. Well, It wasn't a fight. Right. You know, well, that was, that was that's so revealing in our politics. If it's not, if it's not controversial, it doesn't make the press. Well, and not, maybe not so much in my view, revealing of our politics, but more revealing, honestly, of, of unfortunately, of media in general, yeah. right? Yeah. That, you know, what gets people's attention. Um, you know, the things that sell, the salacious stories, you know, the yeah. dog fights that happen. Right. That's that's what people will tune in for. So right. it's not that the things that we do that go unseen and unheard are not important because most of them are incredibly important. Um, but people want... Yeah, people aren't going to fight over clean air. No. They, they agree on Well, it. they shouldn't. That's they right. They shouldn't. So that's I mean, because it was like people were up there at the podium giving, the, getting, they, were, they were supposed to be opposed to this and where they're like, Kind of think this is a pretty good bill, right? That's right. And then, so there wasn't a so, but anyway, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, that's the old, the old, uh, the old mantra in, yeah. in media. And you know. but I think that's a dangerous mantra. I think if you look at how divided we are you mm -hmm. know, as a country, um, you know, that is that is not a positive posture to take. No, it got so bad. Twelve years ago, we had the kids out on the back porch. Uh, Michelle and I did, and we said, "What would you want in the world?" And William, who is now twenty-seven, so this is. Well, no, this is about 15 years ago. Gosh, oh. I can't believe how long it's been. Oh. And he, anyway, he said, I would like to have uh, a news service that did, reported nothing but positive news. Mm -hmm. This is a kid who's like, wasn't even 12 at the time. Yeah. Imagine that. Think about that. Just let that sink in that this, this kid at that age, I think he's 10 or 12 years old. Um, so this must be 15, 17 years ago. We're getting older that, and older. He wanted, so, he started his own, so he started his own blog. <laughs> and his nickname is, his name is William, and he's called Weewa. He was Weewa News. Weewa News. Weewa is all about positive news. But um, thank you for your perspective and your grace um, at this time, very difficult time, um, especially in American political history. But, you know, you're not stopping there. No. You're, you're running for re-election. I am. And tell us about that journey. Well, so, you know, I'm running for re-election, but I'm actually running for a new district. Right. So, um, 
And, and truthfully, this was the intended idea originally before Ronnie passed. We had no idea that he was going to pass in December and not be able to finish his term. I mean, right. he, you know, I'm sure you've heard, he was literally the week of his passing, he was working with um, folks down here to make sure that his bills were in order and that things would carry on and that he would be ready to be here come January. So it was that sudden. It was very sudden. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you've decided to I've run decided. for the, the new 36th. You're in the 24th and yeah. um, it's, you won't be, you won't be alone. No, I won't be alone. <laughs> you I have, don't. you have an opponent, I do. but let's talk about your race and what you're looking at and how your perspective of being a legislator down here in this quick time that period that you're in, and now you're running for re-election at the same time. Well, you know, I, I would think about that quite often, actually, and it's it's funny how it's it, it sounds daunting to folks, but you know, mm -hmm. from being in the role here, sure. you're always running. Sure. You know, it's a two-year turnaround, and so you know, you don't you don't ever really stop running. No. And so since 2018, I've I've been running with Ronnie, you know, okay. every year. So it doesn't feel that unusual. Um, but I think it's important, you know, I think that the people of the new district deserve to have, you know, um, a very conservative representative. I think that, you know, if you look at the, the, um, the dynamic and the demographic there, it's a very strong Republican um, mm -hmm. conservative area. And I, I do believe that I'm certainly qualified to do that for them. And your decision to run, there's a, another incumbent down here. Yes. Um, the delegate John Avoli. That's right. From Stanton and Augusta a, County. A, a good friend, I might add. Yeah, <laughs> makes it, but didn't stop you. No, no. Tell me about that. Why didn't it stop? Why didn't you go, you know, done enough. John's here. I know John. He's a good friend. What's, what, is, what is the driving force? I think this is a, this is a really important uh, uh, element to people going, okay, what else? Because there's a point at which you kind of go, okay, been a diff difficult journey but she's not stopping there which i think is which i think is impressive well thank you well so again remember it was never my intent to finish finish ronnie's term right it was always my intent to run for my own term you know so that i could you know continue the good work that he did so going in you when you weren't just filling out his term you you were going okay and that was the intent all along well that was i wasn't aware of that so i probably didn't phrase that exactly right. I didn't right. expect for Ronnie to not be here this Course. year. So I, I never planned. Oh, so, so, okay. So he was going to run. He wasn't going to run, but he was going to finish this term. Okay. And okay. then okay. the next time around, you know, we had talked about the fact that I would run and he would be a great support to me, you know? So, right. um, so the decision to do this in my mind had already been made. Well, you were going to run. Mm -hmm. He was going to not run, and right. you were going to run. Right. Oh, oh. Okay. I, I didn't now, articulate now, that no, very no, well, I, did no, I? It takes a while. I'm not that bright. That's okay. That early. <laughs> I usually need the crayon version of everything, <laughs> no, so it's fine. I definitely need the crayon version Okay, so you were going to follow in his footsteps and run right. regardless. Wow. Okay, so, so uh, what do you want to do? What's your platform? What do you... What are you forwarding as a, so you go back to the constituents, you say, and say, if you send me back, I'm going to do this. What is this? Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm, Ronnie and I are very aligned in our views and our morals and, and our values. So mm -hmm. certainly all the same things that were important to him are important to me. Um, you know, our safety in the community. I mean, mm -hmm. public safety is a very important thing. It's important for all of us. Sure. Um, you know, education is 
critically important. We've gotten a lot of um, attention in education right now, but I, you know, we have always firmly believed, and I think a lot of the constituency believes that we really just need to get back to the basics in education. Mm -hmm. We need to teach our kids, you know, how to critically think and not necessarily tell them what to think. Right. Um, economic development, you know, in our area, particularly in the, the new district also, but in the district that I'm covering now, you know, that was always been a really important right. part of this. You know, we, we need to make sure that we have some really important and good opportunities for economic development. Right. Uh, and back to education, you know, I think for a while we've had a lot of focus on four-year universities, which I am, uh, I'm an advocate for education. I think well, it's that, very Well, that part important. of the, the valley is chock full of higher They education. are, they are. But, you know, if you look at the mismatch of skills and jobs that we have available mm. right now, I think that we, we've maybe done just, um, service to our students by not focusing a little more on vocations sure. and trades. You know, those are things that um, we need. Um, and those are very well-paying jobs a lot of times. So th those are the kinds of things, you know, just trying to make sure that people have, you know, a place that they can live and they can raise their families and they can, you know, be right. safe. Um, right. Well, it's a beautiful part of the world and wonderful people. But, and I world. think that workforce development legislation that the governor is putting through, which is monumental. People it don't is, understand the depth yeah. and breadth of this, of this, this. Again, to the point we had earlier, it's just not sexy. No. It's, it's, not, it's not controversial no. when you fix something and get it right. That's exactly And that's right. what Glenn Youngkin has done, Governor Glenn Youngkin has done this year. With yeah. it. And it's tough to go, hey, workforce develop. People go, okay, workforce. Yeah. It's just not very exciting. Yeah. But it's important to it's align a, those skills and those jobs, especially for folks in the Valley who for most of them, a lot of them are from there. They're not, right. they're, you know, they're, they're, they went to the local high schools or local community colleges and they have to be right fitted to, for the jobs to have a very successful career there. And you know, another thing, you're exactly right. And another thing I was, as I'm sitting here thinking, I think, you know, um, I do have um, a desire to make sure that we do a little bit better job of supporting our ag industry. You know, yep. ag is our number one driving economic oh, yeah. Factor in the in the Commonwealth, and well, I, especially in Rockingham, and Rockbridge, and Augusta right. counties. That's that's that's, right. that's the breadbasket. That's right. Or the chicken basket. And I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the chicken basket. Well, and you know, it's almost like what you said. And turkeys. And turkeys. Yeah. And beef cattle. And a lot of beef cattle. Mm -hmm. And hey, <laughs> we could go on and on and on and on. We could. I'm sure we have. Uh, I'm sure we have many friends. We have llamas. We have it all. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it, like to your point. Um, it doesn't get a lot of attention, but it's yeah. critical. And if you look at, you know, just if you look at the, um, through the pandemic, through the, the shortages, right. you know, we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of farmers that are leaving the industry mm. um, and they're not being replaced by a new generation. So think about that, you know, that that's our food source. Yeah, um, that was a, that was an issue back in the district back when I was, it was 20 years ago when I first ran. And, and it, it has a generational gotten... shift of not just wealth, but the, but the actual, the actual management of the land, yes. which is so important. Um, any any movement in that sector towards the more of the the organic higher value added crops that are farm to table is that happening more and more in the valley? It's happening more and more, and I think also maybe a positive unintended consequence of the pandemic has brought that more to light because folks you know are starting to see the value of being able to you know find what they need right. and going out into their community and getting it and sourcing it from their local farmers. So. Um, it, it's grow. It's a really growing part of our ag industry. Oh, you've got some real um, you know, dynamic people that, like Joel Salatin yes. down in Middlebrook, mm -hmm. who's doing fantastic work. He's yeah. internationally known for yeah. his work. Yeah. And uh, you know, restaurants in Stanton like the Shack, they're starting to become 
sort of vibrant and in, in, uh, not just they're in this nationally known uh, stuff from right. the valley, but if, is there an economy behind that and can it be supported? And if so, how so? I mean, I think that's a great opportunity for you mm -hmm. to go out and start talking to me. like, how can we accentuate uh, the, the, the ag industry here and really develop those, um, frankly, more profitable crops? Well, you know, we can do that, you know, and I'm, the crop part has not popped into my head as we're having this conversation, but this did, and sometimes you'll learn that my brain works a little like Swiss cheese, so I will just point this out to you. Um, you know, one big issue that we're facing right now in our area is we don't have enough processing facilities. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, you know, give you an example, we bought a half a beef, but it took a year to be able to find a place that would process it. So, you know, we couldn't obviously didn't buy it and hold it for a year, but you yeah, know, yeah, um, those are the types of things that I think not just, you know, um, producers in terms of, you know, producing the, you know, the, the food, but there are business opportunities that are there for people to come in and open up more processing plants. You know, we don't have enough of that. Um, and, and that's, that's a frightening thing. And that's a, that's a food security issue. Well, that, that as well is also an opportunity to uh, diversify mm -hmm. all the different uh, opportunities for for ag, for ag and, and, and animal growth and animal husbandry as well, mm -hmm. and to get those to market as well. You know, higher value, more organic, uh, less. I don't want to throw the, the it's like it's a bad thing, but corporate uh, the the scaled up version of industrial farming. Right. When you have a lot of opportunity to create uh, a, a vibrant agricultural sector. And with all of the support systems that are there in the market, it, it might be a, a nice little add-on and see how it grows. Yeah, I think so. And I think there's been, you know, again, there's been a really a big push and a lot of um, new attention right. to that very thing. So I, I think we'll see a lot of positive things coming out of that. I certainly plan to advocate for that. Well, good. Let's, uh, let's talk about Ellen a little more. Ellen. We, we do this rapid fire. Uh, favorite TV show? That's so hard. You know, I've been I've been binging on Netflix, so it's okay. it's really hard for me to say. But um, you know, I just finished Heartland. Okay, I love that. Um, Do you have a favorite growing up TV show that you couldn't miss? This was a weekly you have to do. Mm -hmm. What was that? Love Boat. Did you really? <laughs> love Boat. Oh, I loved that. I wanted to be, and I'm trying to think of her name. What was her name? Lauren Tees. Oh no. oh, no. I can't remember her name, but she was the cruise director. Oh, Julie McCoy. Julie McCoy. Her, 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 I knew who you were talking about. I, uh, I, the actor, I thought the actress name is, is um, Lauren T. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, that, it's been a long time ago, so I'm yeah, not Julie remembering. Julie McCoy. Oh, I wanted to be her. Really? Oh, yeah. She had the best job in the world. Favorite movie? Mm. Mm. If you had to go home and watch one on Netflix tonight, what would you be? I want to watch this tonight. In a rough week. <laughs> I could say The Godfather, but that would be a terrible sentiment because that's not really true. But it's a great movie, I, after, though. I, I really do. Well, for down I, here, you know. That's what people, I was going to say. I think people want to know that there's a darker when side I, to Ellen Campbell. I, You're really nice. And they okay. want to know that you can, like, you can pull the trigger. When I get home tomorrow, I'm going to watch The Godfather. There you go. <laughs> well, what do you like about The Godfather? Uh, you know, it's, um, you know, it's a... It, it's a. It shows you kind of the seedy side of things. Yeah, okay. there there are parts of it that you think, wow, do people really live like that? Is right. that really a possibility? Right. But right. then you know you unfortunately recognize that there is some truth to that as well. But right. Favorite know. favorite book. Or the um, one you're reading now. Mm, I haven't had a lot of time to read a lot right now. I'm sure. Um, 
I, I like the Hunger Games. Okay. Okay. Uh, favorite place to visit? Vacation spots. Mm. Where, uh, where would you want to go if you could go? Where would you, if, if session ended and it will end probably next Saturday, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Senate guys, the house is getting out of here. If you could go magically anywhere in the world, what would it be? Where would it be? Well, so um, I really enjoyed St. Thomas. Okay. Um, I, and also, I really liked Puerto Rico. Okay, so Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I like the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I like when you get off the plane in the St. Thomas, they bring around a tray of rum. That, that maybe that's why we like it. I don't know. <laughs> it's certainly a warm welcome. Instantly right there. Uh, favorite sport teams? Do you have any favorite? Do you follow any sports? Yes, I do. So I like the Dallas Cowboys. That's unfortunate. I, yeah, I get that sometimes. Um, Good. I, I'm a big UVA fan. Okay. Okay. Football, basketball. Both. Uh, everything UVA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, Ellen, it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit more. We wish you the very best here from the VIP podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Okay. Tell all your friends, of course, back home. Absolutely. And we wish you the very best throughout the rest of the session. And uh, good luck. Thank you. In your, your primary. Is it a primary? It is. Against John Avoli, and that's June 20th. June 20th. June 20th. Exciting stuff. Five days before my birthday. It'll be a great present. Okay. Okay. Well, you're, <laughs> see, she's always she's so positive. Nice to see you. Thank you Thanks so for much for us. having me. Thank you. It's Chris Sachs from the VIP Podcast, brought to you by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free, of which I am its executive director. Thanks for joining us.